Welcome everybody to Hope for Our Times. Listen, have a really, really good uh, time with you guys today. A really good video for you. Uh, my guest wrote, I intend to explore recently, I tend to explore the military aspects of the battle for Jerusalem in a forthcoming book, The Battle for Israel. By the way, he wrote this pre-October 7th, which makes it that much more uh, profound to me. Uh, the implication of this victory was not lost on the spiritually discerning in 1967. He's writing about the 1967 war for Jerusalem. Hearing that the city had been liberated, Shlomo Gorin, the chief rabbi of the IDF, rushed to the Western Wall, blew a shofar, and declared, I proclaim today the beginning of the Messianic Age. He understood that when the Jews were back in possession of Jerusalem, God's prophetic time clock would begin counting down to the end. Listen, my guest today is Tim Moore. He's the chief executive officer and senior evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministry. He's been with us before. It's great to have him back. He's also the host of the weekly television program, Christ in Prophecy. He also publishes Lamb and Lion's bi-monthly Lamplighter magazine and leads pilgrimages to Israel um, listen, Tim is a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy, served for 34 years in the Air Force on active duty in the Kentucky National Guard and in the Air Reserve, uh, Air Force Reserve as an instructor pilot. Colonel Moore uh, flew multiple missions in Iraq and Afghanistan. He also served in the Kentucky legislature, uh, but there's so much to talk about, so please welcome my guest uh, back here again, Tim Moore. Tim, thank you so much for joining me. Wonderful to have you back with us. Tom, it's been a delight. Uh, we had a great time just uh, dialoguing together recently, and I've been looking forward to this conversation for several days. Uh, me too. I, I know it's going to be terrific. One of these days, I'll get back to the great state of Texas and uh, be able to see you in person down there too, hopefully soon. I'm still stuck here Amen. in California. Uh, Tim, we have so much to talk about. Um, but I, I want you, you, you have a military background, and um, as I mentioned, 34 years uh, you served in the Air Force, flew multiple missions to Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, so what we've watched is with dismay as Hamas terrorists, uh, the, the atrocities committed against people of Israel, people have heard it over and over again. But let, let me just go here, and then we're gonna start getting into all kinds of things, because again, what you wrote in that article uh, from 1967 and, and Rabbi uh, uh, Shlomo Gorin, you know, just saying this is the messianic age, I really want to get there. But for us, as we look at it, is there evidence that the battle with Hamas will lead to a prophetic war? Because it seems every time there's a war or a battle in Israel, people will say this is it. You know, I was there just a, a week after the Lebanon War of uh, 2006, and, and we've seen battle after battle after battle, but do you see your evidence that the battle with Hamas will lead to a prophetic war? Or do you, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that this one feels, even to the Israelis, different. Every war that Israel has ever fought that is labeled a, a full-fledged war is a war of uh, annihilation to its uh, to its foes and a war of survival to to Israel to the Jewish people there 
And so they recognize that if they ever lose a war, their state is threatened and really the lives of all their people because their enemies don't just want to win a battle. Uh, as you've seen with Hamas, their desire is to murder and to annihilate the Jews. There's a very satanic hatred. This time, because of the surprise nature of the attack, because of the, the unvarnished uh, and murderous rage that Hamas demonstrated coming against civilians, uh, butchering women and children, taking hostages, I think it has been a different kind of war. And I think even over the last three weeks, we've witnessed as much of the world uh, the civilized world initially responded with great support for Israel, outrage over the, the atrocities, but already there's been some wavering uh, to from many in the West, and I think the, the surrounding uh, antagonists, whether it's the terrorist groups to include Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad, even the Palestinian Authority within its own uh, boundaries, has been fomented and are on edge uh, to be incited to more murderous violence. And y'all, we always have Iran and other nations that surround uh, those immediate surrounding nations. I, th I think this could morph very quickly into a Psalm 83 kind of war where Israel is uh, finally victorious over that inner ring of, of opponents, everyone from Gaza to Egypt to Jordan, uh, Syria and Lebanon and also morph quickly into what we've traditionally thought of as the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. Uh, this one definitely feels different. Yeah, it does, I would agree. It does feel different. Uh, my guest last night, very good friend, um, uh, he doesn't agree with the Psalm 83 war, as uh, we know Amir Sarfati doesn't, Andy Woods doesn't, and so forth. But I, I look and go, okay, whether or not there's a Psalm 83 war or not, this, I believe, will be... It's like a catalyst that I can, in my mind, you know, I, obviously I got to be careful on speculating too much, but the yeah. what's coming out of this to me is world leaders being able to say to Israel, this will never happen again. We have to, we have to get to peace. Um, and that, I'm not saying it's going to come on the heels of this, but I do believe the narrative that's going to come out of this will be that, which will be used to uh, put Israel in that place. Um, and it's just a matter of time before Ezekiel 38 uh, does happen. Um, I want to ask you about the, the going back to uh, Rabbi Gorham's um, words. I proclaim today the beginning of the messianic age. That's so profound to me, but real quick, I want to let everybody know. Listen, I have a special with uh, David Tao, going to be posted 7 p.m. tonight. I hope you can join me with David. He's coming from, uh, he'll be on visiting. Uh, on video from Jerusalem, 7 p.m. tonight, Pacific time. Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific time, I'll be doing a live prophecy update at 412 Church in San Jacinto. It's an Israel night. We're going to pray for Israel. We're going to have some music that's totally different from what you guys are used to. Um, we're going to go, we're going to do some Israel music is what we're going to do. Uh, so I hope you can join me live at 412 Church in San Jacinto, 7 p.m. And David Tal tonight. Okay. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, let me get back to this, and thank you too, Tim, for giving me that minute. I, I'll read these words again. The heels of 1967 war, where he proclaimed, I proclaim today the beginning of the Messianic Age. Uh, he understood that when the Jews were back in possession of Jerusalem, God's prophetic time clock would begin counting down to the end. 
these words, I, I, what you wrote in your article, I encourage you all to get this article from Lamplighter. It's just so spot on. And, and you actually wrote this before, even though it's the current publication, you wrote all this before what's happening right now, right? Am I right? I, I sure did. You know, this year, Tom, uh, in our six editions of the Lamplighter magazine, we were stepping through the signs of the times. The Lord knew some of these things would come to the fore even in the year of 2023. So our November, December edition, which we are literally mailing out today, is on the greatest of all this end time signs, the sign of Israel. And you can see this picture of Jews being regathered even after the Holocaust. And so that is a tremendous modern day sign, the resetting of God's prophetic time clock. And indeed in 1967, I think that war was, was a dramatic uh, fulfillment of God's promise to bring the Jewish people back to their homeland. He did that throughout the years leading up to 1967, but to have them repossess and re-control uh, Jerusalem and fulfillment of his prophetic word. So it's ironic, the Lord knew the timing of this edition and of all that would transpire. Even years ago, when I did my own Air War College study on a major battle uh, of air power in in the history of, of air power. I chose to study Operation Moked, which was known as the uh, the Israeli air campaign in the 1967 war. So that was my doctoral wow. thesis, if you will, in Air War College as I uh, as I became a colonel, and I got strong uh, support and endorsement of that paper, but it really informed a lot of what I understand about how God orchestrated all the promises made in Scripture before our very eyes in this last century. You know, it's it's tragic. Many Christians, many churches in 1948 did not recognize the prophetic implications in 1967 as well. I've asked Christians who were faithful members of churches, what was the response and the reaction in 1967? And they kind of look at each other and say, reaction? I don't remember any reaction. I said, you're right. The churches collectively had a big yawn because they didn't understand too often what was happening prophetically. I think more Christians are aware today and I think when dramatic events like these last three weeks occur, more and more Christians realize that we are living in prophetic times right now. And we need to be serious about our faith, about sharing the gospel, and yes, very serious about blessing the Jewish people. Because in the fullness of time, God says, they will return to faith. They will call upon him uh, when they look upon him whom they have pierced and cry out, Baruch Hashem Adonai. So we expect that to happen very soon in the uh, the fulfillment of God's prophetic word. Oh, man, the way, was, so well said, thank you. The way I see it, it can't happen soon enough, but I'm not Jesus, so therefore, but I, I'm thankful, Tim. Um, I was raised Catholic, and then when God saved me, saved me from that, and I ended up at Calvary Chapel in California. It was in Costa Mesa, California, with a Pastor Chuck Smith. And so from the very beginning, I got the correct teachings on the Bible in Israel yes. um, from the Old Testament. And Chuck had a couple of predictions that weren't the wisest thing. Uh, Hal Lindsey did a couple of those too. But from my very beginning, in fact, Hal Lindsey was very inspiring to me before I got saved from his late great planet Earth. It just intrigued me. Um, you know, it's funny you say that. I was at a church this last weekend, Tom, in New Jersey, opposite coast of you, and the pastor, Tom Fiola, testified that as a, a Catholic uh, born and raised, he came to faith in Jesus Christ. 
realized he needed to begin studying the Word of God. He went and bought a Bible, and the very first book that he opened to was Revelation because he wanted to dive in deep to understand the signs of the times even then, and to this day his heart resonates with proclaiming the gospel and looking forward to his blessed hope, our soon returning King Jesus Christ. So a lot of folks uh, have the same sort of testimony as you, but the Lord is drawing many to himself in these days. Amen. By the way, uh, Tim, you had mentioned uh, off air, you had spoken a a few places recently. Where do you have coming up if people want to connect with you? Well, this has been a very busy month here in October. In the coming weeks, uh, we're getting back to really a a full uh, effort to uh, have lots of new material on our television program, Christ in Prophecy. They can go to ChristinProphecy.com and, and find all of the episodes of our television program. We're about to start a new radio ministry outreach, and so that has become something that we're spending a lot of time, and, and really that's what we're doing. If any of your viewers would like to invite our evangelist team, I go anywhere I'm called. Uh, My web or internet evangelist, Nathan Jones, also travels all around the country. We will come to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. But I think Christians are realizing that the time is urgent, that the Lord is moving. And indeed, he is working even in the midst of the horrors that are happening in Israel right now. We can touch on that. But certainly, his prophetic word is is coming to pass before our very eyes. And those who have eyes to see, ears to hear, certainly Jesus would expect us to be discerning. Amen. Uh, Totally, uh, totally agree. By the way, I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't done so already, please like uh, this video and subscribe to it and share. It's the only way we can really get the word out there uh, is with your help. It's free to do all of those things. You can also subscribe to our our newsletter, too, at HopeForOurTimes.com. It's totally free to subscribe to it. Uh, I encourage you to do that. Just go to the website and uh, click on Connect, and you'll be able to do it there. Um, uh, Tim, okay, let me ask you this. Um, From a Christian's Christian's response to what we see going on, uh, we're told don't fear throughout the Bible. We know what the end is going to be. It's hard for us in the day-to-day to look past the everything that's coming at us and remember Jesus is coming back. We know he is. But today, let me ask you this. Uh, a few things I want to ask you about. Uh, for us that are believers, can you discuss the importance of praying for the peace of Jerusalem and what that means? I sure can. I mean, we're commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But as Christians, we recognize There will be no peace in Jerusalem or Israel or the rest of the world until the Prince of Peace reigns in Jerusalem. And so we really, as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, are praying, come Lord Jesus, come and reign as Prince of Peace. That's the ultimate fulfillment of that that command, but, but the prayer is to look forward to his coming. Now, we still have to advocate for and pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel in terms of the the current uh, people living there. And so we need to be standing with Israel. Thankfully, many Christians do today. I think they were made more aware than ever before how important it is for Christians to stand with Israel. And Tom, you've been to Israel yourself. You know that the Jewish people for the last number of centuries have feared persecution from one quarter primarily, and it wasn't the Muslim world. Traditionally, those who persecuted Jews were Christians. So 
the, to the Jewish mind, Germany was a Christian nation in the middle of the 20th century. Russia was a Christian nation. And yet Jewish people are recognizing today that born-again Christians, what they would call evangelical Christians like you and me, there's something different about us because we actually love the Jewish people. We want to bless the Jewish people in fulfillment of God's word and his commandments. And so by praying for the Jewish people and by sharing blessing with them, both material blessing and yes, the good news of Jesus Christ, they are more receptive and open than ever before. And I'll bring it to, to this point. Instead of just praying in a, in a large generic sense for the peace of Jerusalem, I would encourage your viewers and people listening today, pray for specific Jews that you know by name. I tell the dramatic story of a dear friend of mine in Israel, an evangelist in his own right, who came to America after his time serving in the Israeli special forces. He was a very brash, arrogant young man, quickly ran out of money and had to get a job. And he got a job in a little town working alongside a man who had prayed every day for 20 years. Lord, send me a Jew. Send me one Jew I can share the gospel with. Well, when he started working alongside this Israeli Jew, his prayer changed to say, Lord, send me another Jew. This is the wrong one. He's too arrogant. But the Lord said, no, that's your Jew. And so the man was faithful to share the gospel with this young, brash, arrogant Jew who, who realized that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, and he gave his heart to the Lord and now is a very bold and very blessed evangelist in Israel and beyond, all because one Christian prayed every day for 20 years, send me a Jew that I can share the gospel with. So whether it's praying for the peace of Jerusalem, the, the security of Israel, or for one Jew, each and every one of us has a part in, in blessing the Jewish people. Amen. You know, uh, maybe if everybody can wrap their our minds, we can all do this together. Uh, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the midst of the war and the horror that's happening, God is doing remarkable things and, and people are getting <clears throat> saved. And just a few, if we can put our minds on this. So one for Israel is a very large ministry over in Israel, Eras. Soroth leaves that uh, ministry. They have just oh, just thousands upon thousands, if not uh, millions of uh, followers now, but they minister to both uh, Jew and Muslim in Israel, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are Messianic yeah. Jews and Muslims that have come to faith in Christ ministering there. So these men and women are now fighting side by side with other IDF people because they all serve together. They are taking the gospel into those places. It's not just them. There's a gentleman that I've, I've come to follow, thoroughly enjoy him. His name is Jeff Morgan. He has a, a YouTube channel called So Be It. He's, he's involved in this now. He's a believer and he goes all around the streets of Tel Aviv. I don't know if you've ever seen him before, uh, Tim. We've connected. In fact, I was supposed to be there last week doing an interview with him for his testimony to help him get the word out, but obviously we didn't go. But he's, he's out there and he has a ministry along with Jews for Jesus over there uh, sharing the gospel. These are all men and women that are now called into battle. They have the hope of Jesus. I know Messianic congregation, Shmolik, his whole congregation is over there. Uh, he's donated his buses from his travel organization to, to transfer uh, soldiers. He's, he's a Messianic Jewish pastor. 
You know, you look and you go, this is amazing. David Tao's brother, Joel, his name's Joel Goldberg. David's name used to be David Goldberg. Got to change to Tao. But um, his brother, Joel Goldberg, he does, uh, he's been ministering to young men and women from messianic homes. In They're getting ready to go into the IDF. He's been doing that for 20 years, young men and women. All of those young men and women over 20 years, believers in Jesus, IDF trained, are now in the, they're, they're fighting with them. So if we can remember that hope, everybody, it is amazing. It's like God is doing this great work. He, that's how, how God does it through his children. And he, he might send us into a literal battle like this. But Tim, it's remarkable to see this happening. It sure is. And here's the other reality. I can testify to this personally. Uh, the old adage, there are no atheists in a foxhole. In other words, when people are facing the possibility of, of mortal risk to their life, they begin to think in eternal perspectives that they would have ignored all the rest of their life. And so when I went to war in Afghanistan, fought in, in Iraq, or at least uh, was engaged in combat missions there, uh, I knew a lot of young guys and gals who for the first time were receptive to the gospel because they were thinking about eternal matters and their own mortality. That is happening in Israel right now with Jewish soldiers who are part of the IDF and they were secular Jews, they were unreligious Jews, they, they had no time for God. But now they realize I'm not promised to live another day. I mean, this could be a very perilous moment for individual soldiers uh, serving in, in combat. And so they are receptive like never before. And, and once again, Tom, I'll just say this last uh, or this month in our, our Lamplighter magazine, we have the lion's testimony, the testimony of a man by the name of Arya Bar David. We call it the lion's testimony because Arya means the lion or lion in Hebrew. So this young man, when he was serving in the IDF in 1967 and 1973 as a messianic follower of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, was given dramatic opportunities to share the gospel with his fellow soldiers because they were hungry. And they asked him, tell us about Jesus. And even at the moment, uh, some of the Orthodox guys serving alongside him said, we don't want to hear about it. And the other IDF soldiers would say, be quiet. We want to hear about this Jesus that uh, obviously Arya follows and gives him hope because you're not giving us hope and we need hope because we're about to go into battle. And so this moment may be a gospel opportunity for so many in Israel. And I got to say to our viewers, we may face circumstances here in the United States very soon and throughout the Western world where things are much more perilous. But as you've mentioned already, Tom, we will not fear if we are grounded in Jesus Christ. And we need to recognize that God is moving in ways to open hearts and to give us opportunity to share the gospel, the reason for our hope, even in the midst of calamity, even in the midst of darkness, the light shines all that much brighter. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, I, I, my mind, again, just as you're talking, it goes again back to your article that you wrote from the rabbi. This is, today is the beginning of the messianic age, 1967. We look at what's happening now when we see it through what Jesus is doing. Because, listen, I, I couldn't help but think, like you, listen, I've never been in battle. I wasn't in the military. You were. 
but I'm not stupid. I can figure out when you're faced that you are going to be afraid. I don't care who you are. You are going to be afraid. And guess what? Right along the side of that fear stepped somebody who's also afraid but says, hey, let me tell you about the hope of Jesus. I know where I'm going. And Jesus is the Jewish Messiah and Amen. able to minister. I, I believe, Tim, when all is said and done, whether it's this side of heaven or the other side of heaven, we are going to hear stories of so many people that were converted, Jew and Muslim alike, that came to faith in Christ right now uh, while, we're, while we're doing this live stream and throughout this whole thing. From the beginning, um, people are going to be turning to the Lord. It does make you wonder, is this the last call before the rapture? How close we are? We don't know, but I am, I mean, it, it, it helps me to stay with that right focus because this is what we are really about, regardless of all the prophecy and everything else. This is, it's the hope of Jesus Christ. It certainly is. You know, Daniel at one point said, the people who know their God will display strength and take action. And that's in the midst of, of the rest of the world running about, you know, in chaos and, and in fear. We who know God, this is the time when we really display uh, him who is within us, giving us that that peace, that shalom that passes understanding, that that strength of conviction, so that even as the world sways and blows with the wind, we are grounded on him and we take action. You say, well, what action should I be taking? Well, first of all, you've already mentioned it. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Take the resources that the Lord has given you to, to be a conduit of blessing to those around you. Yes, indeed, to the Jewish people, but to, to share the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this is not a passive activity. This is an active engagement with the broader culture, with people immediately surrounding us, and indeed with the Jewish people in such a time as this. Uh, amen. Um, uh, this is encouraging because there's so much anti-Semitism that is coming to the forefront right now. A lot of it is coming out of people who claim to be Christian, even Christian churches and denominations. And I have this video, I've saved it here for my own reference, and it's a video that was posted 10 months ago, I think 11 months now. It's had, I don't know how many views. It has had 365,000 views. And what it is, it's interviews with Christians who say that the evangelical is the problem because we are standing up for Israel. This is 10 months before October 7 broke out. This video was posted. So what Jesus sees as being the lights to the world and the light to the Jewish world and the Muslim world, these so-called Christians are saying, be quiet, the evangelical is the problem, uh, you, share, you share Jesus, you believe the Old Testament and New Testament, and you even believe that you're supposed to be standing, uh, standing up with Israel. It's like, it, but you look at this and the attacks, and it reminds me of the words of 2 Peter chapter 3. In the last days, scoffers will come saying, where's the promise of his coming? Our fathers told us it was going to be this way. Uh, meaning, church people say, we already heard about the rapture. We already heard. My dad used to sit me down and tell me Jesus was coming again. That's what Peter is writing about. We are seeing that. Nevertheless, Peter goes on, he says, since you know all these things will be, the creation came just as God said. Uh, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. A judgment is going to come. Therefore, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and 
godliness, hastening the day of the coming of the Son of God. And I look Amen. and go, wow, what great hope there really is. You know, I, I remind people when I go and speak, Tom, I'm sure you, you have a similar word, but I, I hearken back to the battle uh, that Elijah demonstrated with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, a place that we like to go visit when we go to Israel. And, and I remind them that as he approached that site, King Ahab, who was a wicked king and already given over to pagan uh, and, and idol worship, he witnessed Elijah coming up the path and he said, is this you, you troubler of Israel? And so I call the evangelical Christians, those who are true to following Jesus Christ, troublers. They're troublers of our society in the, in the eyes of the, the liberal and the, the pagan minds all around us. We're troublers. But I can only tell them this. There'll be a time when the Lord will take us out of the way, because when he calls, the church will go in the moment we know as the rapture, and then all that will be left behind are those who are not true followers of Christ, and, and some of them will be very religious, but they will not have been obedient to the word of God. So right now, uh, we rejoice in the opportunity we have to be, and I use it tongue-in-cheek, uh, troublers, but really to be salt and light in every sphere, whether it's in the military and government and academia. As I say, there are Christians scattered in all those spheres. There are even Christians in most churches. And so right now, we can have dramatic impact. What the world calls trouble, we know is, is impacting for Christ until he calls us home. And that's our, that's our assignment. That's our responsibility. That's our privilege. But the time is coming when the church will be taken out of the world. So until he calls, until he calls you and me individually home, we are on task for Christ. Amen. Uh, you know, we see Tim happening, the rise of darkness, but also the rise of the light. And uh, people, listen, the faithful are shining their light. And, and, um, and we're seeing people more bold than they used to be. Uh, I, I do have a, 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 an answer to a question we were talking about before we came on. So I'll ask the question and I'll tell you what one answer came to my mind just while you're talking. And, uh, and then you tell me what you think. But just a reminder, everybody, David Tal's going to be with me tonight, 7 p.m. Pacific time, joining us from Jerusalem. I hope that you can uh, log in and check it out. Um, tonight, 7 uh, p.m. Pacific time. Okay, it's a special, it's just a, a special prophecy update is what it is. Okay, so here's the question. Um, what's the most underrated issue we are currently facing? So, or no, no, let me put it this way. Let, let me ask the other one. This would be more specific to this. What are the most surprising prophetic trends or events that you have observed this year? Mine would be, as I'm watching, the anti-Semitism, although we know it's a biblical prophetic event that's going to happen, what has happened over the last couple of weeks, it's sickened me and surprised me in how fast it has just exploded all over. That would be one thing. Yeah, I think I would share a similar sentiment. We've proclaimed, I have for many years, uh, that the Lord's coming is soon and that the signs are multiplying. Uh, when I was first introduced to messages uh, pertaining to God's prophetic word in 1993, I didn't think we'd see the year 2000 before Jesus broke from the heavens. When Y2K came, I thought, well, certainly he'll come in the next 20 years. He has tarried 
because he's not coming on my schedule. Aren't aren't we glad of that? He would have come already, and some of our listeners would have been left behind. So I'm glad the Lord is tarried because he is merciful and because he does not want any to perish. But even over the course of this year, I never cease to be amazed at how fast all these signs are accelerating. And so they were already evident in 1993. They were more evident in the year 2000. But I would not have dreamed how far our society would have fallen, how quickly it would have embraced complete uh, insanity in terms of not even being able to determine what a woman is for a sitting Supreme Court justice. And yet all the signs, whether it's nature, uh, society, spiritual signs, signs of world politics, technology in Israel, those are the six categories we talk about. They are accelerating at an ever-increasing pace. And so that has certainly happened this year. The greatest sign of all, Israel, obviously, is in the fore right now, as it has been for the last 75-plus years, and I think that will only increase going forward. So now is the day of salvation. If there's anybody listening today, I can tell you this. You're not promised another day or not even another hour. The Lord may tarry, but he may uh, call you home or at least demand your life much sooner. And so you cannot delay in choosing wisely to accept and follow Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Amen. Uh, So well said. Um, You know, and the other thing, we already talked about it. Um, Another prophetic event is the sharing of the gospel. Uh, the, like, like we're especially, I would say, especially because we know what's happening in Israel. It's happening Certainly. in the places where there's no communication, but it is happening. And Tim, you know, you have a lot of friends in Israel. I have a lot of friends in Israel. Some are believers, some are not. And you want to know something? All of them are WhatsApping me that have access to a phone right now. The non-believers are and the believers. And we need to, you know, you mentioned earlier, we need to pray for uh, specifically by name, the people that we know, um, not just make it a real general and all that. And, you know, not everybody that's watching us, I would imagine most people watching us don't have friends over in Israel. They may maybe have never visited before. But one of the greatest joys, obviously, when you go to Israel, is visiting Sea of Galilee, Jerusalem, City of David, Mount of Olives, Shiloh, all these different things because we see the history of the Lord, but I'd say the other great joy is the people that you meet and you yes. get to know. And even Muslim friends. I even have Muslim friends over there. Sure. You know, that, and they also need Jesus. Certainly do. And frankly, if a person doesn't know a Jew in Israel, uh, I would dare say they either know one or maybe one degree removed from someone here at home. If you don't know one, you can write Tom or me, we'll give you some names that you can lift before the throne of heaven. But if you don't, you say, oh, I don't know a Jew. Well, you know a neighbor, you know a family member who needs the Lord. So we need to be urgent about the mission of sharing the good news. And you say, well, I don't have a very dramatic testimony. Neither do I. I don't talk about me. Don't talk about you. Talk about our great God and Savior. I can talk about him all day long. I get very excited about him, even though I'm kind of boring. I'm, you know, like old dry toast. So who wants to talk about Tim Moore? Nobody. I want to talk about the Lord, and any of us can and and should be doing that. You know, Tom, this is the time for us to be fully engaged as followers of Jesus Christ. You, You said the light shining all the better. Quite frankly, even dim lights shine very brightly when it's pitch black. 
And so you can use a match to find your way through a cave when there's no other source of light. And there are people groping in darkness all around us. The sense of discouragement, depression, and even despair among young people is multiplying. And so we who, who know the light, and the Lord says we are the light of men because we have the light of the world in us, then we can shine his light. And it is dramatically evident to those who are groping in darkness, looking for hope. And we know the blessed hope. Amen. Tim, I don't think your testimony is that boring. I mean, <laughs> you flew, you were a pilot with the Air Force for 34 years. I mean, I, you don't want to see me pilot anything. I mean, that, to me, that's, that's quite impressive. I would have been well, so full of pride, I couldn't come to Jesus if I was one of the guy like you. No, no, no. I, I'll point to him. I, there's nothing prideful or, or worth uh, remembering about me. Let's talk about him. Amen. You're all so gracious. Um, can, can you share the hope of looking coming forward, uh, the, the coming of the Prince of Peace validated by the culminating, or you could even say the convergence of all the signs, because it's not just Israel. We are watching, listen, everything's still going on with the World Health Organization. I'm reading about things with technology that have been happening in the last few weeks mm. that are completely gone under the radar that, look, things are happening so rapidly to get to the place where there will be no place of, a, uh, of escape from the system that's coming. All these things are lo they're lost from the conversation now, but we see a convergence Yes, um, we do. Everything happening right now. Can you share the hope as we see the? Because every time somebody turns over a rock, they're like, "Oh no! Oh no!" Well, I, I, you're exactly right. The, the six categories of signs are all increasing in frequency and in intensity. That's the birth pangs Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. And I have five grandchildren so far. Every time uh, we hear about another one coming, the, we mark our calendar, my wife Amy and I, and we look forward to that day. But we don't know exactly when the child will arrive. When the birth pangs begin, we still don't know, oh, well, that child will be here in you know seven hours and 33 minutes. We just know he's he or she's coming soon. And so we see all the signs Jesus foretold increasing in frequency and intensity. They are the birth pangs, and they advise us that we are, we are on the cusp of Jesus coming for his church. And so I get very excited about that. But as you indicated, Tom, all these various signs are weaving together in ways that they never did before. So we see signs of technology, whether it's the, the buying and selling or the ability to control people's uh, buying and selling, whether it's ability to put chips on their skin or even imprintable ink on their, their hands to, uh, to, to be able to know where they are, to control their movements. Uh, we see the nations coming into alignment. I tell people 10 years ago, actually nine years ago, Barack Obama, when he was president, scoffed at the threat of Russia ever rising again because he says, oh, come on now, the Russian bear's been defamed. Well, nine years later, we know that's not true. Russia is very much a threat to the world and poised on the northern edge of, of Israel. There are Russian pilots flying over Syria today that most of our media is oblivious to. And so all of these signs are coming together and culminating, interacting with one another. And it's like there's a fever pitch that the Lord is trying to advise the world. Why? Because he wants Christians to have hope. Don't get discouraged, even as darkness seems to be descending, because 
Our blessed hope is at the very gates of heaven, ready to come and, and gather us to himself. But he's also warning, just as he sent warning through the prophet Jonah to the pagan city of Nineveh, just as he tried to give opportunity for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah to, to flee, just as, as Noah himself was a preacher of righteousness to the wicked world prior to the flood, God is warning it is time now to repent, to turn back from your wicked ways and to turn into the loving arms of our Savior. And so whether giving us hope as believers or a warning to the unbelieving world, the time is paramount for, for people to recognize what God is doing before our very eyes. Amen, uh, Tim, the so well said, thank you so much. Hey, next time you, I have you on, I would like you to give us the six categories of signs because that be question delighted. is coming in and people yes. are wanting to know what are they. I think it would be great so people can really get it. Uh, just fabulous time with you today. You are such a blessing and an encourager. So much hope. Uh, can, can I ask you this? How can we pray for you? Well, uh, I just told you, we finished one of our busiest months here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, uh, traveling and, and being engaged in ministry. We are a multimedia ministry, so we have not only our, our magazine, The Lamplighter, our weekly television program, a number of other products. We're about to launch into radio, but our sole mission, and we are absolutely laser focused on this, is proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. So I'll ask for prayers from all of your viewers that the Lord opens doors. And, and Tom, if they can't get you, tell them to call us, and we will come and share this message at a church. Goodness, I've gone to Bible study groups if we could possibly get there, but to proclaim to people that Jesus is coming soon, pointing them to, again, our blessed hope, and encouraging the, the unbeliever to flee from the wrath to come. Because right now, God uh, is going to send forth his son, and he will either be your blessed hope or your holy terror. John 3.36 says, if you have not embraced the son, then the wrath of God abides on you. And we would urge people to, to not uh, settle for that fate. So pray that doors will open, opportunities will abound, for us to share the good news that Jesus is coming soon. And uh, we are very so grateful much. for those yeah, prayers. I want to thank everybody for your support also. And if you want to continue to partner with us and uh, continue to give out the hope here at Hope For Our Times, you can do that by going to hopeforourtimes.com and you can click out the uh, give button and just check it out. You can partner with us or also go to Lamb and Lion. You can partner with them. And I'm going to pray for Tim and uh, the, the open door opportunities. Lord, we thank you so much for your hope that you give us. Uh, may we always re remember to tell people about the hope that's in Jesus Christ uh, that forgives us all of our sins. Where we lift up our brother Tim to you and Lamb and Lion Ministries. We pray for open doors for them and your continued uh, power that comes from your spirit as you continue to uh, make Tim and Nathan and the team there bold uh, for your gospel and the message that Jesus is coming again, and he came the first time. And again, Lord, we pray for those open doors there. May you do great and mighty things that we do not yet know. Help us all to be faithful to you until we are called home, that we wouldn't slow down, we wouldn't give up. Uh, and we thank you for your encouragement. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank Tom, you, everybody, for joining us. Tim, thank you so much. 
Thank you, Tom. I think you and I are a, a living fulfillment of uh, Hebrews 10.25. We gather together even across the airwaves to mutually encourage one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near. Thank you very much, sir. Amen. I will tell you, you are an encourager. Thank you. The next time we'll talk about the six things, uh, six categories will be great. God bless you, everybody.